Hello, everyone. I am Ryan, and this is Izzy, and welcome back to another episode of the Ryan C Show, uh, exclusively in, well, I guess it's not really exclusive if you can find it in two places, but uh, exclusive to the built-in Buffalo Broadcasting Network. If you are watching us, uh, if you can see whatever this scruff is that I have on my face and uh, have yet to shave off, um, then you are watching us on the Built in Buffalo YouTube, and we thank you so much. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. If you're simply listening to us and you can't see what I look like, um, then you're listening to us on the LDG Sports and Entertainment Spotify. So thank you very much for listening. Izzy, uh, last time we talked, the Bills had just lost to the Colts, and we were going into the Saints uh, and the episode dropped after the Saints. So we have not had a chance to talk about that. First off, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was excellent, man. It yeah, was it was. We had a bunch of family over and uh, the Bills win. So no complaints here. No complaints here. I made the mistake of not double checking what time the game was. So I went to Thanksgiving dinner in a Bills jersey, which is fine. I'm from Buffalo. I mean, I live in Buffalo. So that's not out of the norm, especially the last couple of years. Uh, but I didn't realize the game was at 8, 820, 815, 820-ish. Um, and instead we weren't even going to be where i went to for dinner uh i went to a family member's house for dinner we weren't even going to be there uh when the game started so i ended up uh wearing the jersey i wouldn't say for nothing um because i haven't i haven't pulled this jersey out of the closet this year it was my kyle williams uh, Ooh, so big man. yeah yeah so i figured you know what it's thanksgiving the bills kind of need that help um I'm aware. And it looks like it did. It looks like it did wonders. So I am happy with that. Um, anything interesting happened at your Thanksgiving? No, nah, not really. Yeah. No. Kind of, kind of just watched football and, you know, family from Rochester came. Nice. You know, not nice. crazy. All right. One last Thanksgiving question. What is your favorite dish? And the reason I'm asking this is because Twitter was in an uproar. Um, last week prior to Thanksgiving because people could not agree on what should or should not belong on a Thanksgiving table. So what is your personal favorite um, when it comes to the November holiday? So uh, I'm Puerto Rican, clearly that freaking Puerto Rican. So we have, you know, a mixture of the traditional American foods like, uh, you know, the turkey, the ham, you know, uh, the potato salad, so on and so forth. Uh, but we also had like beef empanadillas, which is like you no know, beef, you know, empanadas with beef in them, pretty much. Okay, okay. Uh, we had uh, you know seafood salad. We had a penil. I don't know if you know what penil is, but it's it's a, it's a mm-hmm. roast pork shoulder. Okay, I think you you told me about this last uh, last week. So. so so you roast the pork shoulder, then you put it directly under the heat, and it crisps that skin up nice and crispy. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was good. That's probably my favorite. Is that one? And I got to make it this year, and it came up actually really good uh usually uh you know somebody else will make that one but uh the big meats were up to me uh the only one i didn't make was the ham my sister-in-law made that but yeah my pork shoulder came out awesome um and you know i love turkey it is what it is so if we're gonna go traditional turkey all the way okay we'll give you whatever you want um i i didn't see anybody arguing over turkey a lot of people arguing over mac and cheese um, and whether or not that belongs, I don't think I've personally had mac and cheese at a Thanksgiving dinner. 
Um, I live in North gotta... Carolina, so Big Mac is a big thing here. Okay. We didn't have it this year because we, you know, we was just mostly, it was all family. So it was all Puerto Rican. So, you know, the okay. traditional, some of the traditional American dishes were put to the side. No, no, um, one of my favorites. Oh God, this one, uh, green bean casserole didn't get made. Was... See, I'm not a big, uh, green bean casserole person. I'm not big on stuffing either, which is, oh, I think a Thanksgiving sin. That. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm not big on it either. Um, what I will say, uh, and I don't mean to bring the mood down early on, but um, my grandmother passed away earlier this year, and she always brought. Thank you. She always um, made ambrosia, which is just you know. Do you know what ambrosia is? No clue. It is essentially whipped cream with a couple different fruits in it, like bananas, grapes. Um, Oh, man, I forgot everything she put in. Is that, is that, that weird in. thing that we brown and black people always confuse for white people potato salad? No, 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 no. With apples in it and stuff? No, no, no. At least this, it, there may be versions of it with apples in it, um, but it did not. My grandmother's version did not have that. Um, we we but, get confused, I think, about, about cultural foods. <laughs> but, I don't think it's um, fair. No, 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 no. But the, she obviously was not there this year, uh, the first Thanksgiving without her. So I was really excited going into it, thinking like, oh, man, like I'm because you only get it. You only get the ambrosia twice a year. You get it at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and so obviously oh. with her not be, be, not being there, uh, we didn't get it. But good news is my grandfather's making it for Christmas. Um, so I will I will be getting it for Christmas. It's actually relatively easy to make. I think it's just like milk and uh, like cream i don't know i have no idea she made it and then hopefully, brought hopefully it, and I ate it. Down. hopefully i did ask her um oddly shortly before uh she passed i did go and make it with her but i cannot remember my memory is absolutely atrocious um and so smartphones man you got to you got, you got to yeah right right i should have but um, apparently my mother knows how to make it. My grandfather knows how to make it. So, um, I, I do have it. I am going to learn how to make it. Cause if so, I'm going to start making it for myself like every week, which means I'm going to need, no, no, no. I'm going to need to really hit the, hit the gym if I do that. Um, but yeah, so the ambrosia is my favorite. Um, yeah, the ambrosia is my favorite really quick question. Pie. Yeah. You guys, you guys do pie. What's your so favorite my, pie? My wife. She she lives and dies by the sweet potato and the pumpkin pie, and I'm like, eh, you know. Eh. I like pumpkin. Uh, I've never had it, sweet potato. It, it tastes a lot like pumpkin pie. It tastes they're they're similar. The difference really being the texture. Okay. Like pumpkin pie is pumpkin pie is a little more fluffy. Okay. Uh, sweet potato pie is a little more dense. Uh, they look if if this if the right person makes it, they look the same. Okay. Uh, but uh, personally, I prefer the pecan pie, or you know, if, if you get a person who can really make a good apple pie. I'm in there. Okay. Uh, I made uh, strawberry cheesecakes, and I also made flan. I don't know if you know what flan is. Oh, okay. It's kind, of, it's kind of a common dish among us Hispanics. So. Okay. Uh, I yeah, made, I know a little bit. Flans, but uh, I had to make them in the wrong shape dishes. They didn't come out normally, but eh, it still tastes pretty good. So. Nice, nice. Um, I was told that this is weird. I'm a big uh, banana cream person when it comes to pies, especially for Thanksgiving. I love banana cream. Not bad. I, I, I prefer banana pudding. I've never had banana pudding. Oh, it's good. So, it's pretty much like a banana cream pie without the you know crust, and then instead of the crust, of course, you have vanilla wafers in it. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. It's, it's it's that's a southern thing. Uh, when I had my first Thanksgiving with my uh, old 
uh, he was my old squad leader back when I was in Alaska back in 2003 to 2007. And he was from Mississippi and his mom came and she made red velvet cake and she made banana pudding. Oh, that's and cool. I fell asleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah, man, that food can most definitely get to you. But speaking of getting to somebody, let's talk about this Bills team and how they got after uh, the Saints team on Thanksgiving. So like I said before, um, Bills played the last Thanksgiving slot in New Orleans. Um, Bills on bourbon or Buffalo on bourbon was a really big thing. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Bills at the Saints because I think that the Bills certainly exceeded a lot of our expectations, especially uh, coming off of the last few weeks. And I would say, especially on the offensive side, especially when it came to the offensive line. Now, that being said, there were a lot of egregious and clear mistakes um, when it came to consistency with the offensive line. And again, we said last week, we don't want to harp on the O-line anymore because we've just, we've beat the, the topic so to death, uh, but it remains a consistent issue. But let's talk about- And so do defenses though, so- yeah. So, but let's, so let's, let's talk about what are you, what are your big takeaways um, from the Saints game? What did you see? What were you going in expecting to see that you did or didn't? I expected Dawson Knox to shine and he did. Um, I expected Brita to breathe a different type of life into his offense and he did. I didn't expect to see a lot of Cole Beasley and I didn't. I thought I'd see more Sanders and I didn't. And I thought Diggs would be more well covered, but he just embarrassed Lattimore. Like he, man, I haven't seen that guy out of his shoes more than I saw him against Diggs. I mean, that, that touchdown route where he, you know, cut in and then sliced back out and Lattimore was like, where'd he go? Yeah. For a touchdown, that's where he went. So, (laughs) so speaking of Dawson Knox, because you brought that up, I don't know if you saw the video that Justice posted but Dawson Knox did almost the exact same thing to Marshawn Lattimore as well. And when you yeah. have a tight end, um, when you have a tight end covered by what on most teams, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is an extremely talented corner. Um, yeah. He has been for a long time in this league. Um, when you, when you get done to you, what got done to you by a tight end um, it's that's definitely embarrassing, but when it happens twice in the same game for both, um, one of the leagues, actually like the league's top tight end um, and one of the top wide receivers in the same game, in the same night, um, that has to be a definite blow to you. So that's, so that's, we saw the increase in play we wanted from the offense. And we talked a lot last week about some of the personnel choices when it came to the play packages. And you pointed out, you didn't see Sanders a lot, which is not a bad thing. Uh, Again, we don't, you know, it has nothing to do with his production on the field or his ability to make plays. It has to do with how effective are we going to be going down the field with, and, and a large part of that has to be with personnel. Um, on the flip side of that, something that I had mentioned and we had talked about was you saw a lot more of Gabe Davis in this game than you had previously. Still, for me personally, not enough of Gabe Davis. Um, I feel like yeah. there was there was some more situations where you could have, oh man, like if if Gabe was out there, he could have he could have gotten this. Maybe we could have had a touchdown here. Maybe we could have, you know, instead of Josh running for the first. Gabe would have been out there to run the slot or to go down the field and, and make that catch. Uh, 
what do you think? Um, what do you think about that? Do you think that Gabe was used just enough in the Thanksgiving game, or do you think that there were maybe some more situations where you would have liked to have seen him? I think there were a lot more situations we could have seen him, uh, but not in the way that people would think. Uh, Gabe Davis is actually one hell of a run blocker. Like he oh, was getting out, yeah, he was getting out in true. front, and uh, yes. on the Dawson Knox touchdown, well, one of them, he was out there in front blocking. He was out there making people hurt. Like, and then not only do you have Gabe Davis blocking, he's kind of a, he's kind of a bigger receiver. At, you know what, six two, two ten, two fifteen. Then you have Dawson Knox's big ass running out there, and he's not slow. He's a he's actually one of the faster tight ends in the NFL. I think and, they clocked him at like sixteen miles an hour on that yeah. on that touchdown run. Yeah, and it was it's crazy because he didn't have a whole lot of ground to cover to get to that speed. No, like he he didn't have a whole lot of acceleration point, but he accelerated very well. And then when you got someone like Gabe Davis in your face as a corner, I mean, you, you're just owned. And if you do get off the block, do you really want to hit six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound Dawson Knox? Probably not. I personally don't. Yeah, absolutely not. No, that's a big dude with a smile on his face. What the hell yeah. with that. You keep that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and so like you said, Gabe Davis or not Gabe Davis, but Dawson Knox is essentially he he is almost a wide receiver. He plays a lot like a wide receiver. Um, he's fast, he's shifty, and Gabe is is clearly a wide receiver, but he is built like um, a, a prototypical tight end would be um, in this league. When you look at a lot of guys in the past uh, that have kind of helped define the tight end position coming into this century, really this last uh, decade or so, um, he's kind of built like those guys, but he has the speed, he has the ability to control where his, his feet are, and he has the ability to make some amazing plays to help out the offense. Um, like I said, I, I don't want to touch on the offensive line, but they definitely, you know, when, when credit is due, we should definitely be giving credit to them. They did play a little bit better. Um, and obviously they didn't have uh, Feliciano last week. Uh, rumor has it, he will be ready uh, for play on Monday night uh, against the Patriots. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of good that we went from a late Sunday game to now we have an extra day with that, uh, with that Monday like night. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of like a bye. Um, so what do you think about the offensive line? Because to me, like I said, they, they, were, a little, they were a little bit better. Uh, but granted, there's a lot to be said for the talent that they were playing against. The I think our offense against the Saints defense is a good matchup uh, or was a good matchup because yeah. their defense was largely healthy. Uh, but their offense, uh, whether that be the line, whether that be the talent, whether that be the quarterback was kind of it. Yes. Um, but they were also, um, you know, second string guys. You're, you're not playing, uh, you know, you're playing Trevor Simeon. <laughs> that's um so you're not you're not playing their first string guys and for a large part you're not playing their second string guys either uh they were really the last on time offense. we played Simeon remember when he was in Denver last time we played Simeon it wasn't pretty then either oh good lord it was a couple years ago or was it last year I remember last year I have no, no that idea. was that was Drew Locke it was a couple it was a few years ago with McDermott and we just we it didn't didn't look good for Simeon it wasn't a blowout but no like it was it was rough yeah but you, so uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that what the offensive line did in this game for the bills wasn't earned. It certainly was, but when you're playing against guys who are second string, um, maybe third string because of the injuries, there's really, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, 
I'm not more of our defensive forgiving line. them. What was that? Those are D line. Our offensive line played against starters. Cam Jordan was in there. You know, the, the D line played against the starters on the uh, or the offensive line for the Bills played against the starting defensive line for the Saints. Like I said, their defense was mainly healthy, but their offense was really banged up. Like they yes. I think both their tackles were out, their two top receivers were out, Simeon's in there, no Alvin Kamara. It was like like our defense had an easy night. Oh yes. And for it sure. Oh yeah. I absolutely. Um man, I just I don't know. It's 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 weird because like you said, they for the for the most part, I mean their their main starters were in there. They, they obviously had the injuries on defense as well. Um but to see them play that way against a uh relatively good uh defensive line um and to to see the way that they played against teams like the jaguars um it really has me questioning what or really why they've been playing the the way that they've been playing you know what i mean um because like we've been saying you, you shouldn't really have to hit a switch in order to just automatically play better, right? It's not, something's not going to just click. Uh, something clearly went wrong along the way and it's going to take a bit to fix that. Are we potentially seeing the beginning of them fixing this and we're going to see better execution and better consistency from the offensive line? Possible. I think I think it's possible. Um, it's leading me to believe more that it is the play calling. Okay. It, it is because, and, and generally speaking, I like to defend uh, Dable. You know, we've got a top flight offense. Like, right. what else is, is there to say? Granted, our top flight offense only performs that way when we get two or more tu- two or more turnovers, right? In this game, we only got one, but we still made it happen. But usually, the turnovers are really what benefits our offense. Um, however, occasionally you have a game where they just dominate, like this one, and the defense just dominates and gives them the ball back or, you know, holds the other team to nothing. Offense goes out there well rested and then just puts it together. Um, I don't know. As this game was weird because of of the dynamic that we had to see. I think this Patriots game on Monday is really going to show some difference because we had a top five uh, running offense or running defense, but we still do. I think, and we're going to see the Patriots. They're one of the better rushing teams, but their running backs aren't like. Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Like Correct. we're not going to see that. So we're going to see a a Patriots running back by committee type deal. Are we going to be able to be a top five, you know, top five, top ten running defense against them? Because if we can stop the run, we can stop the Patriots. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And so um, that was actually ironically one of the topics I suggested uh, for the the pregame live stream uh, was to talk about that because like you said, they do not have what you would consider a kind of all-star, all-pro type of running back where you can point to that one player and be like, oh, that guy's going to be trouble, right? We, we've played that uh, this season in Derrick Henry. We played that this season in Jonathan Taylor. Um, we almost played that this season um, in Alvin Kamara, one of the, you know, few kind of teams. You know, we've, we've really played all the teams that, are, are able to exploit our, our one weakness really when it comes to our defense, which is our run. And obviously um, it was kind it's of a lucky break. 
it's not that weak, but when you, when star is out, um, yeah. which oh, is, God. which is the big part, um, you really kind of hit a lucky streak when you go to play up against, you know, Elvin Kamara and uh, star there. is out and, and then he's not there. So uh, the fact that we're getting him back this week, I, I, I think that that definitely kind of puts a lid on, on a lot of the conversation um, when it comes just, to, to what our run defense is going to be this week. Yeah. He just takes up lanes, man. That's, that's all it is. Star isn't like an exemplary defensive tackle. He's just a true one technique. He can go out there and take up lanes. That's it. He takes up two defenders. And if a team is panicking because they can't get anything going, sometimes three, you know, linemen are blocking him. Which we have I've, seen. Yeah, I've season. seen it. I, I wouldn't say it if I didn't see it. Against yeah. the Dolphins, they had three dudes blocking Star. It's like, you got two more guys blocking. And we have three more defensive linemen. We're yeah. wondering why Tua gets blown up by freaking AJ Panessa. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's and and that's a, a name. Let's let's talk about that really quick because that's those that's one of a few names that we really haven't heard uh, since kind of the beginning of the season. We haven't really heard about Greg Russo. We haven't heard about AJ Epinesa. I miss um, AJ. Uh, so did uh, did something happen? Did AJ is he out on IR or is he just not playing? No, just uh, Jerry Hughes and, and Addison are creating pressure. That's it. You know, okay. They might not be eating home, but they're creating pressure. So if you got two veteran guys, that you're paying all that money, like you're not going to set them down for a younger guy. You got two for two more years who's still learning. I mean, okay. AJ, AJ's still he's not getting to the quarterback either. He's he was creating pressure just like they are. But if you're if you're dropping all this money, you might as well give these guys the snaps. Right. And so uh, so uh, last week we were talking about uh, Vernon Butler, Mario Addison. We were talking about some of the older guys on the team, and I earlier this week. Uh, we needed uh, somebody to fill in on the built-in Buffalo Twitter. And I just so happened to, let's just say I was having a slow work day. All right. Um, let's just say I was able to find some time throughout the day. Uh, what really what happened was, is, is on my lunch break, I went through and went onto the Bills app. I, I went into the, the stats for this year. I found a bunch of interesting stats, did a bunch of, uh, you know, drafted tweets, and then every 15, 30 minutes, just hit send on them. Uh, and one of the ones that I found is that Mario Addison is currently the sack leader for uh, the Bills defense. How many? Um, as of last week, four. It's not bad. It's like not bad. What I will say, though, is I think I think it should be three because in the game against the Saints where he was credited with the one sack, he barely touched them. He kind of went over the top of him. He got the credit because he made the initial um, contact tackle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the initial contact. So I, I, I get it. He technically, technically made it. But why did the quarterback go down? Was it because he tripped, or was it because there was a big fat bastard coming at him, and it was smarter to go down? So here's the if thing: he, if he if he goes down to avoid the hit, that's not an epi- That's that's not on. It's not on. Um, on Mario Addison. Yeah, it's not it's not on Addison. So he was, if he was gonna get the sack anyway and you just went down and I just touched you, then that's so he he kind of jumped over Simeon. Mm-hmm. Um Simeon didn't fall, he dodged out of the way, he kind of scrunched down. Um Addison went over him, but he made that initial contact, and it was actually somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Probably somebody good. else, somebody I uh, Ed or um, yeah, I was trying to think who else 
was in the area at the time. He he absolutely is. And that was another thing that came up was if Ed Oliver had not had uh, a bunch of those sacks taken away throughout the season, he probably would be the sack leader uh, for the team. But it really was, he made, Addison made the initial contact, but Simeon was dodging out of the way. Somebody else made the full on tackle for the stop. And yeah, I just, I, the way, the way that some of these stat assignments go is weird, but for me, um, obviously we have to talk about this moving into, um, you know, we've talked about the offense, we've talked about the defense, but we haven't talked about a really important member of the defense, which is Trey White. And obviously Trey is now out for the season. Uh, yeah. So for those of you listening on audio, uh, the face that you just made, Izzy just made as well. Um, Trey's out for the season with uh, not only an ACL tear, but also some damage to his meniscus as well. Common among with ACL tears is common. And uh, so he's out for the season. He's on IR. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately. Unfortunate. And there's probably like a 1% chance that Trey ever hears this, but um, we're sorry that you can't be there for the rest of the season. Um, Sorry. Because I mean, Trey is the Trey is the guy that started this off, right? Like we talk about, you know, Bean and McDermott, but like he was that first draft pick that started this new era. So it, it definitely hurts for Bills fans and Bills Mafia everywhere. Um, yeah. However, yes. however, it brought up sure. an interesting conversation, very, especially actually. with 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 built in Buffalo. It built it. It brought up a very interesting situation. And now, by no means, let's preempt this. By no means are we saying that Trey White is not an important member of not just this team, but this offense. He's an extremely important. Sorry, did I say offense? Yes, he did. Defense. He could <laughs> play offense. He could play could, offense. Yeah. And he played um, turn in LSU. And he was quite yes. athletic, Charlie. <laughs> um, if you guys don't know what he's talking about, just go to Charlie's Twitter. Um at in, in Charlie a, underscore gross underscore. I think it's at TTP underscore Charlie. That's his, uh, that's the, uh, it's his analytics. Yeah. Okay. Way, his direct one is at Charlie underscore gross underscore. Okay. Um, so an important member to not just this team, but this defense and, um, but it brought up an interesting conversation, mm-hmm. uh, which was, I, I get how some people received it initially. I, I, I understand. Um, but we're able to, with this unfortunate circumstance, we're now able to see something that we haven't been able to gauge since 2017, since drafting this guy, which is how is this defense going to operate long-term with playoffs potentially uh, without him? Uh, and on the flip side of that, how is the next man up going to how, how is the next man up going to fit into the scheme fit into the defense um and yeah. how are they going to execute which is an extremely extremely important thing for us to know now we wish we didn't have to find out um but it's extremely important because it could very well prove that trey is a fantastic corner who is in a fantastic system, in a fantastic scheme, on a fantastic team. Or it could prove 
that Trey is just a fantastic corner um, who's just really good at the game. And the next man up is going to be absolutely atrocious. Again, I hope that they're not. Thank God there are some in-betweens that could happen too. What are some of these in-betweens that could happen? Well, so if Trey's fantastic, he's playing in a fantastic scheme, you know, in a fantastic system on a fantastic team, then someone else who's a pretty good player in a fantastic scheme on a, you know, in a fantastic system with a fantastic team could also play well, maybe not Trey White well, right. but well enough. Right, and that's and that's what I'm kind of getting at is we were – Yes. And that's, and that's kind of what I'm getting at is we're going to find out um, on Monday, whether or not um, it's really the system that's helping to boost a lot of these players talent. And isn't we're not just talking about the corner uh, position. We're not just talking about Trey. We're talking about, we're going to find out what this defense is like when a main player is out, which we, largely since 2017 have not seen the the injuries on the defensive side of the ball have been mm. far and few between mm. it's been far yeah. and few between i mean we, we had star out all of 2020 because of the covid thing so that's not an injury per se but correct runs so, run support went down heavily like we went from 10th in the nfl to like correct 21st and then when milano's out you know we're 500 so, I mean, we, we've seen some injuries. We um, have. But nothing to the scale of a top five, two-time all-pro, two-time Pro Bowl cornerback. Like, yes. There, there, there is real merit to who Trey White is and what he brings to this team. There's real tangible evidence. Like, he, he hadn't allowed a touchdown all year. Yes. Like, he, that this, is, this will be the second year out of five, I think. This is his fifth year, right? Yeah, um, fifth year. yeah. So, or is, no, this is his fourth year because this is Josh Allen's. No, this is Josh Allen's fourth year. So this is Trey's fifth year. So, fifth year, and in his second season of zero touchdowns allowed, you there's merit to how good Trey White is. Granted, Dan Jackson hasn't allowed any touchdowns this year, but he hasn't played either. So, I mean, we can. Scratch one up, I guess, for him, but we're we're really gonna see how the depth is. And you can see the Buffalo Bills picking up corners to put on the practice squad right now. Like they're letting practice squad offensive linemen go and defensive linemen go to pick up corners. Jake Fromm's gone now, so his his spot got picked up by a corner. So there's, uh yes. There's you know, they're 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 picking up corners to see, like, hey, uh we can we're gonna practice these guys and see how it goes. But as yeah. of right now, it's Levi and Dane. Um, and I like Dane. Dane's more of a man-to-man coverage guy, so we'll see how that goes. I remember him last year playing very well against DeAndre Hopkins, but I, I, yeah, um, replacing again a two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro corner like Trey White is not going to be easy. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes, but I, I got mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Um, like you said. Being able to see Dan, I, I was a big Dane Jackson guy. I was a big just draft another corner guy. Um, anywhere besides the seventh round last year. Um, and of course, we drafted a corner in the seventh round. Um, Wild Goose. Was Dane? Oh, not last year. Sorry, the year before that. Yeah, Dane which was, was last Which year. was that? Was he? Yeah, Dane, Dane was 20, 2020, uh, seventh overall, seventh okay. round yes. pick. This is okay, the second so, year in the NFL. And this year was Rashad Wild Goose. 
Okay. So, so yes. So 2020, two years ago, um, I was, I was really big on the, we need another, another corner. Um, and this is kind of the reason why was, you know, God forbid something happens, the talent level from CB1 to CB2 drops off in and of itself. Um, but what happens to the talent level when CB1 is down and out, if that ever happens, um, CB2 and three in there. Right. Um, so I, I like Dane Jackson. I actually think that he's potentially a gem. I think that he's potentially a guy that we can see, you know, gets drafted in the seventh round and plays at like a second or third round talent. Uh, and like you said, he played well last year, uh, coming in, I believe he came in, uh, against the saints, um, played, played relatively well. It didn't look like there was a drop off in, in coverage at all. Uh, but those are both short term. We're talking short term fixes to mm-hmm. what is now a long term solution. We're talking this next slate of what, what's left four or five games in the season. More four games. That. More than that. We got we're seven. We're seven and four. There's there's six more games. Said Jesus. Yeah, we got we got six more games, and then we get the playoffs if we make it, which we probably will. But you know, yeah, there's always that chance that some other crap happens, and we're right down. But so you know, with, with teams have won Super Bowls minus a star. Oh yeah, it, it, it's happened. So I I don't want to be woe is me. Trey is out. We're screwed because we're doing that, and I think that's that's too much. Yes, but but that's a big ass piece. Oh, for sure. That that's that's like like your Thanksgiving without your ambrosia. Like it, it was good, but it wasn't wasn't what it could be. Right. Right. It did not having it didn't destroy the day. Um, it didn't, you know, uncomplete the meal, but it was, you know, it was Left mixed. It was a big Left yeah. wanting. Yes. Like, where's um, my extra interception? Where's my extra? Yeah. Right. You know, so, so like I said, we're, we're really going to see, we're going to see a number of things, which is we're going to see how well our, is our depth at corner going to do long-term. We're going to see, um, the efficiency of the scheme of the play calling. Um, we're, we're, we're going to see so much here, which again, unfortunate that we have to see it. We don't want to see it. Um, but also it, at least we don't want to see it at, at the expense of, of what it cost. Yeah. Um, which is, which is unfortunate and, and not what this means at all. You know, this isn't like a, Hey, fun science experiment time. This is a, this is the unfortunate reality. This is the hand that we've been dealt. So what are we going to do with it now? So Trey, we hope that you um, rest up well. We hope that you rest up fast uh, and we will see you next year. And there's a potential. There is a potential that we see you in February on the field. Granted, it might be hard for you to walk, but we might see you on the field, raising a trophy above our heads. Yes, sir. And uh, one, one thing I'll say about, um, Trey White, the man is the man is an ultimate teammate too. He's just he's that guy. So I expect to see him out there still, rooting on the team from the sideline. Um, and one thing you you mentioned, you know, we'll see how the scheme works. Uh, we're gonna see some changes in the scheme a little bit, I think, without Trey White out there. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna see the usual Trey White in zone on his own side covering whoever's over there in a man zone hybrid type type uh, role. I think we're going to see more of a half zone, half man type scheme where you have the safeties down to help more. We're, we're uh, going to be a little bit more vulnerable over the top, possibly. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's something. And that, I mean, that affects everything else with the game plan too, right? It's it's not just affecting the defense. It's also affecting the offense and what, in what types of plays they're going to be calling because you're going to want to be scoring more often. You don't want to be killing off. You know, you still obviously want to be killing off as much time of the clock as possible if you're up uh, by a couple of scores, but you're also going to want to continue um, to create those scoring chances on the off chance that something happens. Uh, your special teams as well. You're obviously going to want good field position. You're not going to want to sacrifice uh, as much or any field position. And obviously with the current punting situation in Buffalo um, and a lot of questions coming in about the punting situation. Wasn't bad. It's no, it's not, it's not bad. And I don't think it's that bad. There have been a couple of times though, where I've seen the, you know, I I've seen Hawk go to kick and I'm like, dude, you're, it's going to get blocked. Like that guy is, is right his mo- there. His motion is too slow. Yeah. His motion yeah. is a little too slow. And so but if he gets a good, if he gets a good, you know, if he gets enough blocking and he gets, you know, the time he needs, he can really get it out there. Oh yeah. But makes oh, you yeah. miss Bojo for real. Bojo's oh, yeah. having, a hell of, having a hell of a season in Green Bay. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, let's just hope we can, if it's an area that they want to fix in the off season, I have no, I have no problem with them fixing it in the off season, but let's talk about the bills upcoming games because we kind of referenced that, man, I thought it was like four. Six, <laughs> I, man. I could have sworn. Yeah. Cause we, we got the Patriots twice. We got the Buccaneers. We got the jets. Uh, we Carolina. Got Carolina, yeah, Carolina. Yep. And then we have one more in there somewhere. Who the Maybe. hell is it? Is I can it, we play the Titans. We played the Texans. We played the Jags. We played, uh, we did we play? Yeah, we played AFC North. We played the Steelers. Uh, the AFC West. We played the Mahomes. Uh, so there's got to be one more NFC team. The Falcons. Yep, there it is. So, so you're correct. It is it, man. I don't know why I thought it was four. So we're actually at six. And I apologize for peeking my head out. I had to bring the set list back up for the it's show because I accidentally just shut my phone off. Um. So we let's let's talk about the Bills' upcoming games because we just alluded to it. There's six more plus possibly playoffs either on the line through these six games, uh, which at least the AFC East is on the line through these six yeah. games, uh, especially for two of them. Uh, but also the one seed potentially uh, for the AFC on the line still kind of still kind of wide open. But as with yeah. each week passing, it gets less and less let's take it from the top we play the patriots uh we play the new england patriots here in orchard park uh this monday um just some quick thoughts on the patriots who are currently eight and four yeah so they won six in a row so that's that's quite impressive um but they're again like us they haven't really beat anybody and teams that we've dominated, they've almost lost to, like the Texans. Right. So I think it's hard to gauge this game just as a fan because I want to say we're going to dominate them like we right. did last year. But And we do have our starting O-line entirely back now. So that's yeah. definitely a possibility. We could dominate them, but we could also go in there and get dominated. Like, this could go either way. Right. I, I So for me, I would say after the Jaguars game – I'm no longer saying for this season or maybe ever that there's a a definite win, right? Because the Jaguars game, definite win, we lost. Uh, I was there. It sucked. Oh, yeah, that's right. You were there. Um, 
that was the positive. I was yeah. not drunk um, or drinking at all at the Colts game. So, and I was, was there. Rig. I was sober for the Jets game, though. That's great. Yeah. I got drunk for the right one. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so yes, we, we, we are hosting New England. They have uh, won their last six in a row. But as you pointed out, except for, I want to say, they beat the Chargers, correct? They played the Chargers. So they did beat the Chargers, which is a good AFC team. Um, Denver, though. Denver just beat them. Yes. Yes, they did. Like but the, the, the rest of the pack is kind of uh, like it's weird. The rest of like our games or, or who they no, the play rest, the Patriots? The, the rest of the AFC is weird. Okay. Like if you, right. look the, if you look at the top teams right now, it's the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Titans, right? Who look like they're on the way down. But the Colts have to step their game up in order for them to make that happen. So there's that. The, the rest of the teams in the AFC, like the AFC has like 12 teams at 500 or above. Right. Like everybody keeps telling me how the AFC is weak. And I was like, do you see the NFC? And they got two teams in the playoffs right now at five and six. Like, and we're weak over here. I, I don't, I don't see that. Like the, okay. the, NF, the AFC West is a four team race. The Raiders, yes. the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Broncos are all 500 or above. Yeah, people have notoriously looked down upon the AFC. Um, I think the AFC East, I think that there's a clear case in the past that you looked at the AFC East and went, that's one of the worst divisions in professional football. It's one team dominated for like 20 years. 20 years. And then suddenly one day they were off. And then the Bills kind of took over. But now you're looking at, um, the Patriots who, you know, took over the took over the AFC East and then the Bills took it back and then the Patriots took it back. And so there's a potential after this week that we're going to take it back uh, and then we play them two weeks later. So if they don't take it back, we can solidify the AFC East uh, potentially during that game. Again, depending on the outcome of the Buccaneers game and the Carolina game. But yeah, no, I would agree with you. The AFC is, I think the AFC is misunderstood. Uh, there is there is largely a lot of talent that ends up in the AFC consistently. Not to say that the NFC has not had uh, its share of talent. It definitely has. But the AFC is always of the most competitive. Uh, its teams are generally have historic rivalries that go back to before the modern iteration of the NFL that we know today. Yeah. NFC um, has a few of those, like Giants, Cowboys, yes. Bears, Bears, Packers. But oh yeah. There's not a lot. No. I mean, you're talking, you're talking Bills Patriots, you're talking Bills Dolphins, you're talking uh Patriots Colts, Raiders uh, Chiefs, Raiders Chiefs, Raiders Steelers. Raiders anybody? <laughs> yeah, everybody hates the Raiders. If you don't um, love the Raiders, you hate them. Yeah, pretty much. And hey. No disrespect to Raiders fans. You guys are absolutely crazy in addition like to Bill's Mafia. Yes, but uh, they are like almost sometimes homicidal crazy. They're they, Halloween crazy. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're like go through tables and spray people with ketchup and mustard. And they're like, we dress like pirates and the Legion of Doom. And yeah, yeah, they, they, get, they so, get wild over there. So we are, so we're playing the Patriots. I think, like you said, just really quick, 
Uh, I think with Star coming back this week that their run isn't going to be really be an issue. Uh, Mac and Kendrick Bourne have kind of found a rhythm in the last couple of games, especially. Um, and so their passing attack, obviously the Bills defense, this is going to be the first real test, like you said. Yeah. First test without Trey. Uh, we're going to see what their uh, what our passing defense looks like against what is now heading into week seven, a hot, um, a hot offensive unit altogether. Um, and they have obviously Johnny Smith and uh, Hunter Henry at tight end. So don't count those out either because Hunter Henry's going to either catch the ball or be, you know, an additional blocker on the field. Um what do you what do you say? I'm not I'm not a big score prediction guy. That's not what I'm looking for. But do you think um, and because I'm not going to go over the Patriots game again, how do you think that this the series against the Patriots is going to is going to fan out from a, a record standpoint? So I think we either split or the Bills sweep it. I would agree. I think I think that the I think that the the, the split is more more likely though. I so, okay, but. I could all if if we if we beat them up this game, I could see us you know demoralizing them a little bit and seeing them two weeks later, and be like, hey, how about you guys try running on us again? You know, right. lacking Starlo Talele, and it wasn't even an injury. You know, it was like a COVID scared thing. Correct. I, if he didn't actually have COVID, I'm not worried. Like I'm just not. He's gonna plug up those run game, those run those run lanes. Edmonds is back. You know, like most of our defense is healthy. We're we're just missing Trey now. Right. So we I got mean, Milano, we got Edmonds, we got Star, we got all the pass rushers, we got Ed Oliver, we got Poyer, we got Hyde. Like Levi's been playing, you know, a, a very good season. Yeah. You know, so some of the only touchdowns he's given up, the only one I can remember that he gave up that was, you know, was the one against the Steelers where Deontay catches that ball after Levi tips it. And he just like kind of makes a circus twisting keep my toes in while landing out of bounds just in time kind of like that's the only one i can really blatantly remember about levi so he's had a, he's had a, he's had a damn good year um and teron johnson might be one of our best defenders you know he, he's been having a lights out season yeah you know, as our as our other linebacker slash you know nickelback so the defense doesn't really worry me as much since trey's out i, I understand trey's a big piece but like everybody else is healthy, so I'm cool with that. And then getting the O line back, having Spencer Brown, Dendera Williams, and then Mitch Morris, the right side of the line is solidified. The only one we got to worry about really is Feliciano and Dawkins. And Dawkins has been looking better week to week. Okay. Uh, you know, I think the last couple of weeks Dawkins has looked better. He's had a couple of penalties here and there, and he's he's had one or two slip ups, but for the most part, clean. So I, I really think this is going to come down to game planning and coaching, which is tough because it's Belichick, but. We coached against them last year, and one game was close. Another one was a blowout. So we'll see. I mean, that, that's really what's going to boil down to. We'll see. We can we can talk all the, you know, possibilities. Crap we want. And... Yeah, we. Yeah, but but really, it's going gonna, it's gonna to boil down to the brain of McDermott and um, and Dable versus Belichick and McDaniel's. That's what's going to boil down to. Okay, um, I would agree with you. I, I'm leaning more towards being solid on the uh, split part. I think we're going to see a situation that for a long time we saw with Miami, where we would typically split 
with Miami and go one and one. I think that we're in a situation with the Patriots like that again. Um, they're obviously not a complete team. They have a lot of areas where they need to improve, um, mm. but they have the upside of having Bill Belichick who can exploit some of um, some things that we, that us normal humans um, don't see on the field. He can, he can exploit things from game to game. He can exploit the rules, uh, which he's done ton numerous times. Um, well, what does he do normally? What was that? Bill Belichick, what does he normally do? He normally takes away your best weapon. Yes. So Dawson Knox or Diggs? Pick yeah. One. Yeah, I would say probably Diggs. Yeah, I would, if, I'm the, if I'm him, I try and take away Diggs. But the thing is, he's going to have his best corner on Diggs. He's going to have J.C. Jackson. So do you cheat coverage towards Diggs with your best corner there or and let Dawson eat? Or Well, so it's a lose-lose for him anyway, or either way, because like you said, last year, uh, if, you, if you go back to last year's games, um, Diggs made J.C. Jackson look like, a, look, look like a practice squad corner. Like a punk. Yeah. So Jason started not, talking about that mess and Diggs was like, okay, watch. Yeah. Patrick. Yeah. So so I'm not I'm not too concerned um with that because uh, the, the offense is supremely good at if you cover this guy, well, we don't just have this guy, we have three other guys that we yeah. could potentially put out there. We have um, four. <laughs> re, yeah, tr- truly we do. Um, five if you count Brita. Oh yeah, you got, you got and, Sanders, Davis, Beasley, Knox, and I was and I was about to bring up Brita because um, I think that this would be a, uh, an easy team to kind of establish the run against, yeah. um, and I think Brita is. Are you are you like a Brita RB one guy? Uh, for certain games, yes. I, I'm okay. one of those guys who we have. You're three still on the committee. Backs. We have we have three different running backs with three different styles. Okay, against different defenses, one style is going to be best. Like so, we're playing the Patriots. Uh, pounding rushers is not going to be it. Okay. You know? But then again, it could be, because if you look at how they play the Titans, the Titans gave up yards. They gave up real big yards. If we can establish the middle of the offensive line and get Breida just to bust it open at the middle, it could, it could get real. So, again, this is all like, a, it's, it's still wait and see. I'm not super comfortable, but I'm also not super scared. It's like, I'm in that sweet spot. Right. Like, like when I watched Kelly play Marino, it's like, yes. Right. And, and you know what, dude, it comes from, it comes from those games that we talked about before. It comes from coming off of the Titans loss, going into the bye, and then having some Rocky games, losing to teams that we should not have lost to having guys out now, the Trey injury it's, it's been a path. Um, and so I completely agree with you. I'm not worried about it because my expectation is that you're going to go in there and you're going to punch these guys in the mouth with, with your play. Hopefully not, hopefully not literally, because uh, we cannot risk losing anybody else this year. It's either injury or suspension. We um, could lose Jerry Hughes for a game. We could lose both of them. We lose Vernon Butler for sure. Vernon, if Vernon yeah. Butler wants to punch somebody in the mouth, so be it. Um, I'm, I'm in no way condoning violence. I just, I just want to say that. But um, just in case Vernon Butler does punch somebody in the mouth and then he sues it's a hard me afterwards, shot to the mouth. A hard shots in the mouth. So. For me, I am I'm firmly on the split. I think that they're uh, not as complete of a team as other AFC teams are. When you look at Buffalo, when you look at um, the chart, excuse me, the Chargers. When you when you look at some of the other teams in the AFC, um, but I think that they're certainly back on their way to being there. 
I think they have the quarterback of their future. I think they have some good offensive weapons around him and they're rebuilding. Uh, they didn't really have to do that with Brady. And so that was kind of my concern was, um, hey, Belichick's never kind of like rebuilt um, the Patriots team. They just kind of went from Bledsoe to Brady um, and kind of lucked into it. So what do you do now? Um, and the Patriots have kind of shown so far that they are able to get the guy that they want, um, who fits in the system, who works, who is not, is, has a high football IQ uh, and has some of those physical tangibles and then put guys around them and in front of them that can do something. Because even it's, though, even though, like you said, the teams that they've played in the, in their win streak so far have not been that good. Um, they haven't been like close wins for the most part. They have been, uh, and, and you know, like I said, yeah. and they're, they're not a very good team either. So they have been dominating games. I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see a repeat of, you know, the week against the Jags or, you know, we don't sit here and, and win by a score. Um, we need to be able to continue to win by two, three something scores to get back that confidence as fans that we've kind of lost. Yeah, I think this will I actually predicted my score uh, yesterday. I think it's going to be 28, 24 bills. Okay. But- so you think it's going to be close? I think it's going to be close, and there's, there's a reason why. And I think that Kendrick Bourne is one of the most underrated free agent pickups this year. Okay. A lot of people would agree with you. And then Mac Jones is eerily the, – the way he was coming out of college is eerily similar to Brady in the way that we disrespected his physique yeah. and his lack of mobility. Not necessarily trying to compare him to Brady, but just the way people treated him coming out like, well, he's not the athlete Trey Lance is. He's not this that this guy is. And he's not that 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 guy is. But he's clearly the best out of the whole rookie class thus far. So it's like, don't make the mistake of looking at this kid who is not that athletic, Trey White, Charlie, uh, and assuming that this kid can't play. Because everybody thought the same about Brady when he came out. It was 199th overall pick, and he lit the league on fire, and he's still playing. Right. Not again, not saying that Mac Jones is going to be that, but this mistake has been made before. But the, don't make the mistake again, just treat oh, it yeah. serious. It's, it's not something to play with. So, so before we get into the rest of this, as we're recording this uh, on December 1st, so happy almost end of the year, um, just got a notification that the Bills' playoff chances have risen 16%. Um, as of this week. So there is it now a higher chance, uh, damn near a 20% jump in the probability that the bills make the postseason this year, which it's a possibility that we don't. Um, but it looks like it's more than likely a possibility that we do, even with the loss uh, of Trey white and the changing of a scheme that these guys have been used to for a number of years. So um, really quick, let's talk about the box. Do you think that we're winning this game? Do you think that there's a chance that we win this game? Against the Bucks? Yes. Yeah, they're just as hot and cold as anybody else. Just, I mean, they, they haven't been that consistent either. They've correct. They've, thrown, they, they've gone in there and done stinkers up, and if but they beat the Patriots by two, let's. It's a thing. It's it's definitely a winnable game. I'm, I'm not saying we're going to go in there and win it, but it's definitely winnable. Oh, I absolutely agree. Um, a lot of people are still riding high on the fact that they are the Super Bowl champions and that they started. They admittedly started the year off hot, but again. Like we talked about before, so did the Chargers. And the Chargers have been um, hot and cold as well. I don't know what it is. Maybe uh, it has to – there has to be something in the water with AFC teams. 
because a lot of them started out the year really hot and um, they are now kind of, you know, they're like lukewarm. Um, and a lot of the bad teams have started to get really good now um, at this point in the season. I absolutely agree with you. I actually think that it's a win uh, yeah. for the Bills. I, I think that it's a win. I think that one is more than likely that we're going to squeak by. Um, but I think that that's definitely a win. Let's talk about Carolina, though. So we're staying kind of down south. We're actually in your neck of the woods. Um, oh, snap. I might have to try and get to that game. Well, the game is here, but Carolina oh, being being that you can come up. I would like to, but if, if that's time. To, but, <laughs> but um, so we're playing the Panthers here in Buffalo. They had a hot start to the season. You want to talk about teams that had a hot start to the season? Carolina did, and they were what three or four and zero, oh, and then they've completely sunk. Now they're five and seven, uh, so they've only won another game or two. Um, I think that's a uh, man. I almost said it. I almost said it. I think that the Bills win that. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's one of those games where you pummel them. I mean, there's only been one one game that we had a for sure win and that we lost. Yes, and it's it's really a game that that very very questionable, I guess, behavior from the team. I guess, uh, but every other team that we should have destroyed, we destroyed the Jets, tight uh, the uh, the Texans. All those teams that were bad in the beginning of the year, that you know, the, the Chiefs, we destroyed teams like that. Granted, their D line is pretty decent, but I think Burns is still out, you know, from the whole uh, Mac Jones ankle lock. So we'll see. Um, and also, the well, actually, the quarterback is not uh, somebody that we're all that familiar with, right? Sam Darnold is not the quarterback. Um, Cam Newton, apparently. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> neither. Is Cam Newton, Cam Newton being benched again? And obviously, unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey is out on IR. So um, unfortunate for him as a player and as a person uh, to be out on IR and dealing with yet another injury. Um, but from a football perspective uh, and, and point of view, um, that's another running issue that or potential issue that we don't have to deal with uh, as we're looking to compete for you know the postseason. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know, man. McCaffrey's a damn good running back, but they don't have any balance on offense, so we know they're going to run. Like It's like last year we played the uh, the Ravens. We were atrocious against the run, but we shut the best rushing team down last year right. in the playoffs. We shut, we shut them down. They could do nothing. So I think that's what we'd see again against Carolina, and we would just shut them down. And you can count on probably a defensive touchdown in that game. Uh, it might be low scoring. It might be like, you know, 24 to – 10 but i mean for us that's low scoring but you know it, I, I see that as a win i don't i don't see us losing that game especially if mccaffrey's out if he's out and they have they still have no balance they can't throw it you know and, and our secondary is still solid we still have three of our starters out there four of our starters out there you know minus our big guy i, I still think that's a win yeah, I agree with you. So Christian McCaffrey, like he is out on IR for the for the rest of the season. Oh, he's um, out for the season. I thought, oh, yeah, I don't know no, if it was three weeks or the season. No, no, he's out for the he's out for the yeah, rest. Yeah, that's of the a season. wrap. Yeah, um, because it because it's his second time on IR this season. He's out oh. for the rest. So, um, yeah. So, uh, un, uh, like I said, unfortunate for him. Positive for us as, as Bills fans and and as a team. I well, you don't pay I, running backs, man. I do agree with you uh, that they do have an imbalance on offense. DJ Moore, who was their kind of their number one wide receiver, uh, has not been that consistent. He's actually been dropping a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, 
and with with our with our defense, you can't be doing that because they're going to exploit that. Jordan Poyer, yep. Micah Hyde, they're going to exploit. Um, even our linebackers are going to exploit that. Um, Tremaine is going to try and come in and pick those balls off. Uh, Matt Milano is going to try and get you to fumble those balls. It's my guy. You catch them. So, um, yeah, man, I think it's an I think it's an absolute win. It's a five and seven team, and, and again. Uh, obviously as people, it sucks to see them getting injured and being repetitively hurt. But, uh, from that per that football perspective, that football point of view, um, a lot of our worries are, should be going away because we don't, um, you know, we don't have to deal with the run. We don't, um, you know, we're going to be supremely good against the pass already, and they're going to have to rely on that or attempt to rely on that. Uh, and we're going to exploit that. And, of, and also we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So that, that is one kind of, I guess you could call it a positive is we don't really know who we're going to be um, game plan planning against because it seems that they don't even really have a starting quarterback and it might change in the middle of the game. So yeah, well, good. I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to skip over the next Patriots game. Um, last NFC game of the season uh, in Buffalo, we're going up against the five, the currently five and six Falcons. Um, I think it's a win. Yeah, I think we murder them. I don't think it's gonna be close. No. You're bringing a you're bringing a dome team up to the snow. At that point, like, yes. It, 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 it doesn't. It's not. It's not enough for them to be a, a hot weather team, but they also play outside of the weather. Yes. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's. He played at Boston College, so he's gonna be okay. But how are those wide receivers from Alabama gonna fare? Like Where's how, Kyle how, Pitts from? Uh, he went to Florida. Yeah. So how 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 are, how are, how are all your southern made weapons gonna fare? Yeah. In the frigid Buffalo weather, I, I don't, I don't and see for, it happening. For me, it's it 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 doesn't even have anything to do with that. For me, it's the fact that I think that the Falcons should have started rebuilding like four years ago. Yeah, they probably should. After after for sure after the Super Bowl loss, you should have started rebuilding. Yeah. Um, Matt Ryan, fantastic long-term quarterback in this league. No disrespect to him and the fact that he got his team to a Super Bowl, but uh, you got to go. The Atlanta needs to move on from you. You've been the quarterback for a long time. It hasn't worked out. Um, we've now seen it where players have come and gone. A lot of their their big-time players have. Uh, He's going to go somewhere. Where do you think he goes? Where Matt Ryan goes? Yeah. Um, I got I got an idea, and I don't think a lot of people are gonna like it. No, no, not 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 in our stream. I think like other like fans overall. Right. Are you be... are you gonna send them to an AFC team? So there's two possibilities, and one of them is the Green Bay Packers, because Aaron Rodgers wants out. So you don't if, think that they're gonna go to Jordan if, Love? If if they believe in Jordan Love, if they've seen enough from Jordan Love, they stick with Jordan Love. Okay. But if not. And Matt Ryan is let go. The Packers are like, yeah, come on, we got Aaron, we got Aaron Jones, we got the we got the offensive line, you know, we can get you weapons. We have draft picks, you know. If if Jordan loves that guy, then they'll get him weapons, and then they won't spend as much. Uh, another team that it could possibly be is the Houston Texans. Okay. They they don't have a quarterback. They got Tyrod Taylor. Uh, whoop de doo. I'm giving Maddie ice every day. Um, and then once they trade Deshaun Watson, they have all the assets they need to build around him. 
because Matty Ice probably got four or five more years left. So that puts you in a window. And if he wants to play somewhere and start, because there's so many young quarterbacks out there, he's going to have to take a job like that. He's not, okay. he's not going to Arizona. He's not going to L.A., either one of them. Right? He's not going to Seattle unless they trade Russell Wilson. Which... Well, there has been a lot of talk around, around uh, Seattle and, and what the future holds for them. I'm not going to put trade. it past it, but three-way trade. Three-way trade. Atlanta, so you, uh, Houston sends Russell Wilson to Atlanta. Atlanta sends Matt Ryan to Seattle, and Seattle sends Russell Wilson to Houston. Could, could. That'll be stupid. Um, That'll be the dumbest shit ever. Well, after what Houston has done in the past, um, I know those people aren't there anymore. But after what Houston has done in the past, you have no idea. I was actually thinking. Um, I was. My initial thought when you asked that was Indianapolis. Um, Wentz looks good, man. But yeah, he, he Wentz has improved. It was just you know, and that's that's you know, too many weeks of him not being good to just automatically go Indianapolis um, as my knee-jerk reaction. Uh, I think thing, no, more I don't. weapons hurt every week. He's got T.Y. Hilton's out. Like, he's yeah, got they Pittman should, they and Taylor. He's they got, should have moved on from T.Y. Hilton after last year instead of signing to a, a year, yeah. another year. You got Pittman, you got the tight end Doyle, and you got Taylor. Well, That's Zach, your offense. Well, they have Zach Paschal too as another wide receiver. He, but he's more slot. Who, like, he's actually he's he's actually a pretty decent uh, slot receiver. A decent slot receiver still. Eh. Yeah, you want, um, you want a good one if you have no number two receiver. So, man, in terms of where he goes, um, I think Houston's probably the more likely, unless somehow, unless somehow. The Deshaun Watson thing, everything comes out as not guilty. The Go civil suits. Oh. Could you At this point, just give. Lauren? I like Heineke, though. Don't give me. That's what I was going to say. At this point, just I... give it to Heineke. Yeah, I like him. Build around him and see what, see how it goes. Uh, yeah. You never know. You know, the weirder things have happened in the NFL. Um, so yeah, the, the Falcons are, are, I think, I think we end up winning out. Uh, I, I, and if not, Ooh, I like it. I think we end up winning out for all these games. Well, even though I did say that we split with the Patriots, but if, if so, the two games, I'll, I'll say that we lose two games. I say that we lose against the, uh, the Patriots and we lose against the, the Bucks. If, if we had to choose two games to lose. Um, I would say that those are the two most likely because then that last one, the currently three and eight New Jersey Jets. Um, <laughs> New Jersey is garbage. Yeah, it's just they they've picked good talent over the year, the years. They just can't develop and they can't use them correctly and they can't get the right head coach. And I think that they're just cursed. And maybe Jimmy Hoffa is buried at, in the end zone of the metal end because <laughs> It's it's the only thing that makes sense uh, at this they point. Both suck. <laughs> so, yeah. do you think that it's a it's a win or or yeah, are you going to say oh, okay? I didn't know if you were no, going to go no, off the rails. No. We already we, yeah. I'm not Charlie predicting 13 to 16 losses to the Jets. Sorry, <laughs> Charlie. I had to pick on you in this one. Like this one, this one's a must. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. no. I th- honestly, I feel we sweep the division. I, no okay. joke. I think we sweep the division. 
but I do reserve a little bit of that possibly splitting with the Patriots. But splitting yeah. with the Jets would be offensive to say. So, uh, Yeah. I Like I said, I think that the Patriots are at a point where it can be like a Miami deal over a, a number of years where we where we more, more often than not split with them. I think the Patriots are at that point. If we do beat them, um, like, like you said, it's either going to be a sweep or we're going to split. It's not going to be that um, – that the Patriots are, are going to, you know, sweep us. It's just, it's an unlikely scenario to happen. And if it does, um, something is done definitely seriously wrong with this team. Um, and maybe Jimmy Hoffa was somehow transferred to Buffalo. Um, and Bruce, it's Almighty. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Almighty. And then we will have to go out to Bruce Explosive. So, um, yeah, so the, that's the rest of the Bills' upcoming games. Really quick to end this conversation before we head off to the ice. Um, when it comes to the AFC East and it comes to the number one uh, seed in the AFC, um, what do you think the likely outcome is going to be for that? Do you think Buffalo takes the AFC East, A, and B, do you think that we are, let's say, let's say a final two team um, for, for the number one seed in the AFC? I think we're going to Super Bowl still. Okay. I still think, we, I still think we, we're going we're gonna to win the AFC East, I believe. We'll probably be the two or the three seed. Uh, most likely the two seed because I think the Chiefs will be the three seed. We'll probably tie record with them, and we have the tiebreaker, so we'll take that one. Uh, the AFC South will probably be the Titans winning it still, although I think the Colts are you know, closing in on that ass. Um, and I think that as the two seed, we're going to see teams like uh, Cincinnati Unless they win their division, which is totally possible. Oh, it point. for sure is. It's totally possible. So if, if, if I think if Cincinnati wins the North, the Bills are the number one seed. Okay. One um, problem with that is we might have to see the Colts again. Hmm. But I think with Star, I think with Star. With a healthy Star. It wouldn't it's, matter. It's a different game. And I think that also Miami, the way they're playing now, could sneak in there and then we just beat their ass again. So. Okay. All right. Um, a large part of my focus has been on uh, what happened with the Patriots and the Titans and then what we're going to do against the Patriots. So the Foreman fumble was crucial. So them beating Tennessee, I, I, that was kind of my hopeful outcome. I wasn't rooting for the Patriots, but I wasn't necessarily rooting against them. Um, Yes, they retook the AFC East for a hot second, um, but on, on the chance that we sweep them, um, obviously we're taking the AFC East uh, by sweeping them. Uh, and then from there, I think we're definitely in contention for the one seed if we don't get it already, uh, because I do think that Cincinnati is going to kick it up a notch for the rest of the season. I don't think Cincinnati goes far in the playoffs. Um, I think they definitely make it. I don't think that they go far. They're not that team yet, um, but they can be that team in the future. They are hungry, but it, for for talking longevity and the playoffs, which I don't think was anything any of us expected they to could happen be us this last year. year. They could be us last year. They could be. They could be. Um, they got weapons. They got T. Higgins. They got Boyd. They got. But as Chase. long as as long as they're us last year, they have to lose in the AFC Championship game to us. So. Um, I do, I do agree with you. I think I, um, and again, this goes back to a lot of the Trey white conversation. 
I don't think that it's impossible for us to, to go deep into the playoffs. I think it has become exponentially harder. Um, unless, unless. I don't know exponentially, but definitely harder. De- de- so definitely harder. Unless we somehow see the next man up thrive because of the defensive scheme and the system and the play call. Unless we somehow see that happen and it suddenly becomes less hard. But knowing what we know about Trey and knowing his importance to this team, right now the outlook is, oh, this just got a lot harder. But as we have talked about this entire time, and as those of you on the Twitterverse talk about, this is very much when it comes to the AFC in open open run for the gate, uh, for sure. So I think we definitely take the AFCs. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Because um, even if we split, we still take the AFCs. Um, and if we sweep them, then we definitely take the AFCs. Mm-hmm. I think we definitely uh, are also in contention for that number one seed as well. Because I think, you know, we so sweep. Wide open. It's, it, it is. It really is. Um, it's so wide open. It's just crazy. And yeah, and it, I'm not going to rehash that whole conversation, but I'm not, I'm not scared of the Ravens either. I'm just not. Oh no, no, no. After what we did to them last year in the playoffs, not just that, but like they've been squeaking by the skin of their teeth. Oh yes. Lamar Jackson's passing numbers. Like his, his, his yards are are up there, but his touchdown to turnover ratio is abysmal. Yeah. Like I've been telling people he's regressed this year. People are like, he's throwing more yards than ever. I was like, yeah, but look at his touchdowns, the turnovers. It's, it's the worst he's ever done. Yeah. You can bad. You can throw um, for 100 yards on every drive, but if you don't score. Look at Jameis Winston. Look, freaking 5,100 yards, but 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That, that season should go in the Hall of Fame. Stat- <laughs> no, what it should get, what it should get is its own 30 for 30. Oh. Hall of Lame. Is its own 30 for 30 called the Hall of Lame. Um, so let's switch gears here to kind of end this off. Um, let's let's switch over to the game that gets played at high speeds on frozen ice because somebody thought it was a good idea. Somebody yeah. in Canada thought it was a good idea. You and, and I had a dis- <laughs> you and I had a discussion last time um, mm-hmm. about getting you more involved in hockey, learning yeah. more about hockey, and uh, I think I was I think I, I hit hundred percent from last episode till now. I hit hundred percent on letting you know when games were going to be. You did. Yeah. So and, let's uh, see. if I was home for him, I definitely watched them. Uh, I was, I think you watched every game except for the one. So I, I watched bit. the Canadians game okay. uh, for the most part. I got, I got bits and pieces of that one. Uh, I missed the Bruins game. Okay. But that was like the next day. And I think I caught your message late, but okay. the rest of them, I was able to catch at least highlights. All right. Uh, I, remember, I remember the Canadians game. It was almost a fight. Like uh, I guess our guy went right in front of their goalie. The dude was talking trash, and guys like, "What?" <laughs> like, okay, hang on. He's just about to fight on skates, and I, yeah. I know it's common, but it's like, but surprising it, to see. Yeah, I, I missed actually two of the games. I missed the Kraken game too. Like, that's because I got uh, home late. Uh, yes, I got home late. I was in the shower, and then it was like, "Yeah, there's like a minute left in the game." I was like, "Oh shoot!" But I didn't miss anything in that one. It was like seven to four loss. And when I checked the highlights, I was like, "We need a goalie." This is terrible. That is, listen, that is exactly what you texted me, uh, is, is we need a goalie. So, so yeah, let's talk about that. We have played, um, let me bring it up here very quickly. I say now, that. I don't know if it's just the goalie or if it's some of the defensemen not helping them out, but the goalie, like when you got seven 
goals. Like that's, dude. So, okay. So, so let's talk about that because that's an important conversation that has to be had. Um, the time frame of games that we're referencing is uh, the starting the 26th. That was the Montreal game. That was the first game. Yep. Uh, then we were on the road in Detroit the next day. Yep. Uh, and then two days later uh, on the 29th, we played Seattle. So, or maybe do we also did we include the the Boston or the Boston Bruins? Game? That was the day after our our, our last one. Okay. I think. Or it might so, have been the day of, but so okay. So let's let's throw Boston in there. So Boston, Montreal, Detroit, Seattle. You you got to see the highlights of those. You got to yeah. see a little bit of those. Let's talk about what you just brought up um, because it's an extremely important conversation. The a lot of the defense right now is obviously focused around uh, a, a guy named Rasmus Dahlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is um, Swedish. He was the number one pick a couple of years ago. We had, when we had the number one pick last time, um, and a lot of people thought that he was going to be the answer to the team's prayers. And it's very rare for a number one overall pick to not immediately enter the NHL. Um, this year with Owen Power, who was also um, the number one overall pick, and Buffalo. Great pick. name, by the way. Owen Power, absolutely. Um, he did not uh, enter the NHL. He went, decided to go back and play uh, in college. Um, Rasmus Dahlin has been in Buffalo ever since. And a lot of people are putting the blame on the defense mm-hmm. and not on goaltending. And I, I wholeheartedly believe um, that it really does come down to goaltending because that 7-4 to four game – possibly becomes a four to four game or a four to three game. And we either lose by a goal or two um, instead of, you know, three or four, uh, or we win that game by either overtime or by a goal Yeah, with improved goaltending. But I wanted to talk about this. So I wanted to talk about this because there is a lot of undue hate being shed on Therese Dahlin to the point where in the game against Seattle, whenever he would touch the puck, the fans were booing him, which is crazy to do yeah. to another human. I get it though. It's sports. Yeah. Um, Peterman. Yeah. But, you know, he's not, he's not playing like Peterman. He's playing from what I understand, he's playing decent hockey. You know, he's, he's not playing super bad, but when your goalie allows seven goals in a game, Come on, man. That, that's clearly right. that's 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 clearly your Peterman. So here, so here's the thing: when it comes to goaltending, our goaltending is is clearly not great. And the guy that you have in there is is your you're no longer in an, an era of hockey where you can play the same goaltender for 82 straight games. You just you just can't do it. Um, yeah, you you cannot. I mean, it was so much so that Tikarski took a shot in practice and he had to come off the ice to go get checked out by the trainer. He's an older guy. He's not supposed to be sustaining a three or four game stretch, but a lot of people are focused on, on Rasmus Dahlin. And I wanted to bring this up because we had the, the, the discussion last time about um, what it means to draft and accrue talent in the NHL and develop them. And so I, I mentioned your first round pick, your first overall pick for sure, typically goes straight to the NHL. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin did that. Our recent uh, number one overall pick, Owen Power, did not do that. He opted to go back to college. Um, Rasmus Dahlin did not have any development time. He So he was not in the AHL. He was not in the ECHL. He was not in any other 
um, league affiliated with Buffalo for development. He went straight to Buffalo. Um, he got started out of where? Oh man. Was it, was it from Europe? Yeah. From Sweden? Yeah. He, I, you probably can't I, say it. So let it go. That is true. Um, <laughs> I might not be able to. You're, you're Bjork. Something like that. Um, Swedish professional ice hockey, 2018. Oh, it was uh, Frölunda Hockey Club. So, like, literally the easiest one to pronounce, uh, luckily. So, he was the first <laughs> overall in 2018. He had, no, he, had, he had no development time. And a lot of people, uh, people were literally booing him when he touched the puck. And a lot of people are talking about trading him um, wow. and, and getting rid of him. And... All I have to say to that is everybody, in myself included, was saying the same thing about Tage Thompson, who is currently the highest scoring and highest point accruing uh, player on the Sabres currently. Hey, you got to let him develop, man. He's 24. Tage Thompson at 24 just became, just became a uh, productive NHL forward. Rasmus Dahlin hmm. just turned 21. He just turned yeah, a that. drinking age in the United States. There's no way. Um, that, that might be it, man. <laughs> he might not be drunk enough on the ice. He okay. So so that is, I've never heard that one before. That might be a good strategy, though. As you said, this game is you know most popular in Canada and Russia. So that might that might be the fix. That might be mm-hmm. the fix. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of it has to do though with hockey is is very much. Um, so to compare it, football is really big about community, right? It's all about family. It's about community. Um, it's about being bigger than just what's there and on, on the field and, and bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Hockey is very much the opposite of that. It's very closed off. It's very cookie cutter. Um, it's not about community. It's about like, just put your head down, go out on the ice, play 82 games a season. What happens happens. Um, and so a lot of, a lot of that tradition and a lot of that culture, I think is the reason why Rasmus Dahlin went straight to Buffalo instead of coming to the, uh, the Sabres organization and not going to Rochester for mm-hmm. a couple of years and getting used to a North American style game. Cause like we talked about last time, uh, the rules are different. The ice, the, the ice is smaller. It's, it's a different size. Um, the rules are completely different. You have to get used to so many different things. Um, the well, number of games that you're playing a season. If he is number one overall pick quality, he may just need a, a year under his feet to really get it. If he's, if he's really yeah. that, but I don't, I also don't understand the full you know difference in quality of hockey players going into the draft. Like I do NFL players, right? Like, you know, usually your number one overall pick in the NFL is a, you know, smash them out the park kind of guy, you know, this is DeMarcus Russell or some crap like that but yeah outside 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 of that it seems like I, it doesn't seem like anything to me because I don't, I, I don't have a point of reference yeah well yeah. like i said you're you're drafting you know when you're when you look at the nfl uh you're drafting a 22 23 24 year old yeah for hockey you're drafting unless your name is tremaine Edmonds and you're being drafted at 20 or 21 um 19 19 yeah, he was um, 19 and Lamar Jackson was 21. So even so even even at 19, Tremaine Edmonds is still older than most people being drafted into the NHL. Most people Jesus. being drafted into the NHL are are coming out of high school. They're really in their first year of college. They're more likely than not 
um, 17, 18, they, but they play, they play, you know, all the time. These aren't guys that just play, you know, um, like for football, they don't just play their football season and then end. Uh, these guys are ending their hockey season for their team, you know, their main team. And then they're going and playing for their country. They're playing in international tournaments. They're traveling the world to go like uh, and show it very much like soccer. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're doing it nonstop every year. Um, and, and you're continuing to do that. So for me, I think for sure, Rasmus Dahlin should have been given uh, at least a year of development time. Uh, and I like the fact that Owen Power is kind of doing that upon himself. He's continuing another year of college hockey. Is that um, Michigan, right? Yes, he's at Michigan. Um, and he's currently not I'm paying only, attention, damn it. I'm paying attention. Hey, good. Um, and he's not only the best player in Michigan, he's one of the best players in the NCAA. Um, so what he's doing uh, there compared to – Offensive or defensive, though? He's defense. So him and Dalin could make a good pair, potentially. That's what I'm thinking. Um, like I said, he's – Dalin is 21. He's Tage Thompson, who is a forward, um, which take less time to develop. Still, I, I less time to develop on average. It just hit 24, and it's just becoming – you know, oh. kind of that hot prospect that we were promised. He was part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Um, so a forward is 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 an offensive player, right? Yep. So is that's that, your, more in the center of the ice. So it's either your center or one of your wings. Okay. So because I know you got your wing, you got your left wing, your right wing, mm-hmm. um, and you have your forward. So is your center behind the forward then? No, no. So forward is just uh, forward is just kind of a name for your centers and your wings. Okay, gotcha. And then, so, and then... So, skaters, any of your offensive guys, basically. Yeah, so those are your offensive guys. And then skaters is a term that's used for um, your offensive and your defensive guys. Um, and it doesn't include the goalie. And then goalies are just a separate category in and of themselves. Um, yeah, so, the, yeah. So, the Sabres have not been playing well, is really what yeah. we're taking away here. Um, they beat yeah. Montreal, which... Uh, I'm happy about uh, they should have. I was at the game, the home opener when they beat Montreal. So I was happy to see them do it again. Um, I was kind of upset at the Detroit game. It felt like a very winnable game uh, that they, it felt like they kind of chose to lose. It was three to two. I mean, if you look at, okay, so I'm going to try and spin this more positive, right? So if we, if we look at last time we talked and then me trying to get into the hockey thing, uh, the, the only game they lost, bad really was the Bruins game uh the Kraken game was rough because it was you know seven goals allowed but the Sabres right. still scored only one point against the Bruins everybody right. else they put up multiple goals on they they it could have they, they could have won probably you know two of those games but you know they only won one so uh, trying to be more positive about it I mean they, they did beat the breaks off the Canadians but I, I agree the Red, Red Rings game was definitely winnable they probably could have and should have won that game but you know they might have been pulling a browns versus ravens you know like no you take the ball no no you take the ball right kind of. no i absolutely agree with you and when you when you look at the sabers throughout the year currently we do have a, a losing record i believe it's like eight ten and two or something like that um i gotta pull it up man i could, I could tell you okay more. i want to say it's sucks yes well, not that it sucks, but yes, it does suck. They are eight and eleven and three. 
So eight wins, eleven losses, and three overtime losses. Nice. So it's it's still not bad. It's very easy to turn that around within a week. Um, it's easy to turn that around. But when you look at the Sabres season altogether, um, I think that you're definitely seeing a team that's different from the past. They're trying. They're trying. And the, yes, they're trying, and they're being competitive. But to help them be competitive, they really do need that goaltender that we talked about before. And a lot of people have talked about this one goaltender. His name's uh, – oh, excuse me. Fumble. Yeah, there's almost fumbled my entire – where's my home screen? Oh, that would be why because I'm in my camera roll. Um, they just had a guy. His name is uh, Brett Murray, and he was a goaltender that was just let go by Ottawa. He cleared waivers. Senators. Yep. So he cleared waivers. Uh, this year, he's uh, um, six games, uh, lost five, um, no wins. He His save percentage is a .890, which isn't bad, but it's not great. And his goals against, which is 3.26. So on average, he's letting in uh, just over three goals. Uh, when you go back up to when he first started in the league, in Pittsburgh in 2015-2016, he played 13 games, won nine, lost two. Uh, his save percentage was a point, uh, .930, and his goals against was a two. So yeah. he has progressively gotten worse basically every year uh, since entering the league. Um, that said, looking not just at those stats, but at the teams at that time, it kind of makes sense. Pittsburgh yeah, had – Yes, Pittsburgh hit a kind of a, a lull there um, in 2017-2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then goes into Ottawa, who immediately in 2020, or at the end of 2021, kind of implodes their team uh, for yet another rebuild. And you're playing in front of some not good defensemen. I would say, I would wager that the defensive team in Buffalo is better than the defenseman in Ottawa. So I don't have a problem with taking on Murray as a potential bridge goaltender, um, especially if you're if you're somebody like me who doesn't want to bring up UPL, uh, who is just not good, has not earned a call-up. Uh, if you don't want Aaron Dell, who is not good and has been playing as our backup intermittently uh, while Craig Anderson is out, I would say Brett Murray is possibly the option. But there has to be, and I get it, this is going to be kind of controversial for some people because, you know, in hockey, they are, hockey is, of course, obviously very hit and miss. A lot of people have talked about, well, you know, we don't want to trade for a goalie because we just got done talking about how this team is going to build through kind of the draft and they're going to develop, et cetera, et cetera. Why would we give up draft assets? Well, if this team is being unexpectedly competitive now, without somebody like Casey Middlestat or um, Henry Yokiharu or Victor Olofsson, who all three of them missed a large part of the beginning of the season, really a quarter that, of the season. Is that a Japanese hockey player? Yeah, he is not. He is not. It is actually Swedish, I want to say. Was Henry Yokiharu? Yes. That sounds super Japanese. I also thought that as well, but he is, that is not at all who I wanted. He is Finnish, actually. Oh. A 22-year-old uh, Finnish player. So, 
He is so all three of these guys, very young guys. Um, Casey Millsap, Victor Olson being on offense, being important parts of the offense, all three of them missing about a quarter of the season so far. Um, mm-hmm. I think they all pretty much only played within the first five games of the season before they were out with injury. Gotcha. Um, okay. And we've been, we're eight, 11 and three without them. Um, Casey middle or Victor Olson is returned. Uh, Yoki Haru is now back and Casey Middlestat is making his reappearance um, on Friday. So the day before this episode comes out uh, against the Florida Panthers. So who are this second team, in the Atlantic division who are second in the Atlantic, they were undefeated um, until I think Seattle came along. So for me, getting those Dude. guys back is important. <laughs> getting those stress, guys, bro. Yeah. Getting, like, getting those guys back is important. Um, but it's even more important if these guys are being unexpectedly competitive to go get a goaltender before the trade deadline, because yeah. your options are going to be severely limited. It's like to compare it to the bills. If you weren't getting an offensive lineman before the trade deadline, you're not upgrading your offensive line to where you want it to be at heading into this final stretch of games of the year and into the playoffs. You're not doing that, especially in the NHL. You're not doing that. Um, yeah, especially, especially this stretch coming up. The stretch coming up. Look, we got we got the Panthers second in, in the Atlantic. Okay, we got the Hurricanes second in the Metro. Yep, we've got the Ducks third in the Pacific. We got the Rangers third in the in the Metro. We got the Caps coming up, and then for some stupid ass reason, there's a team called the Jets. I don't know how good they are. But they probably suck, but we have five games against teams. That are either between first and third in their respective divisions. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome and to I the know, NHL. I know the I know the Hurricanes are really good because I live here in Carolina. Yeah. Um, and I can't help but hear about the dude. The Hurricanes are awesome. It's like, like, we're in North Carolina, man. Why are you guys so into hockey? It makes no sense to me. Like, but hey, you know, I, I'm not going to judge them. But yeah, we we got a stretch, man. This is this is tough. We we have a stretch coming up, and they need to stretch because this is they need some milk. <laughs> so, out of those games, how many do you think you're going to be able to uh, to not only catch, but how many do you think you're going to want to watch? Um, are you still hoping I, I mean, to watch I, all of them, or I would like to watch all of them so long as I get home on time and I don't have a show to do. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Okay, all right. So tomorrow's game, I'd like to catch. Uh, I have to set myself a timer. Uh, hopefully, I'll be home on time, and my wife won't be here to bother. So. She's uh she's actually headed to Missouri to go help save a friend. Okay. And then uh so I'll be here just me and my boys. I'll put the hockey game on while I kiss people's ass in Madden. Nice. Yeah. And then um yeah, no, I'd like to I'd like to watch some more. Uh the Saturday game is probably a no no because I got fights to watch. Right. I'm, MMA, I'm a, eh, an MMA boxing bare knuckle okay. combat sports guy. Love that stuff. All right. I guess we can call hockey a combat sport though. It can be from time to time, yes. Um, the Ducks game's on Tuesday, so that's doable because I'm off Wednesday. Uh, the Rangers game's going to be not doable because I have a show Friday night. But, yeah, I'd like to catch at least half these next six games. Nice. All right. Well, I will do what I've been doing. I will text you. Um, yes. I anticipate watching all of those games as well. I want to thank you again uh, for joining me again this week. Um, the it was a very week, short show. <laughs> it was I, it really isn't, dude. We started it. We said short. It's been an hour and a half. Um, so 
yeah, so we said short's been an hour and a half. I want to thank you uh, for joining me again. It's, it's awesome getting to not only do this with you, but um, it's just, first off, love the shirt. I love the 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 shirt of choice. I got I got a Def Leppard. Oh, um, I like that too. Adrenalize Adrenalize album. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, me. Yeah, yeah, no, dude. I absolutely love Def Leppard. Um, so yeah, no, dude. Thank you so much for doing this again. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, hopefully, talking about a Bills win over yeah. over the Patriots. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna ride this thing out until the end of the season. Damn right. And then the playoffs. And then the playoffs. Knock on wood. I'll just say let's go Buffalo because I'm I'm, I'm pulling for my damn Sabres too. Let's go Buffalo. So, all right, man. Let them know where they can find you. Let them know where they can find you. Actually, we might, might be on first round by together this week. Oh, Friday? We might. I answered the the call. There you Um, go. I don't know. Me, you, and Jake? It might be me, you, Jake. Um, DM3 said that he would do it, so we might we might I haven't have seen him on the show in a while. Man, we might have the man himself, and also the newest additions to both um, football and hockey coverage uh, for Built in Buffalo. Witty, not funny sports also said that they were interested. So okay. there is there are a couple of different options. So I'm not saying yes, um, but I did tell Justice originally that I wanted to do. Um, I was thinking about doing. Uh, first round by after the Colts game, depend especially after a loss. Uh, obviously, I was not on there, so I'm hoping this we week so you show. might see me. Oh, okay, so that would yeah, that we, would be why. Justice um, and, uh, and Jake were unavailable, and it was kind of going to be last minute. Me and Akeem and Dave was like, if, if it's going to be last minute, we don't want to do that. We don't want to rush right. anything. All right, so I there, but there's a potential. So you you three great options in witty, not funny. Uh, my well, I'm not gonna say you know myself. I'm not gonna pump myself up. But uh, you got myself. You got witty, not funny, and uh, uh, Dave. I'll pump you up potentially. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, no so so three awesome in addition uh, to you and Jake as well. So it might be, but if not, um, then let the people know um right here right now where they can find you both on shows and on social media hey at tfp Rican on twitter that's where i'm at uh isma monero jr on instagram which i'm rarely on i usually use it fuck dan mitchell uh then uh facebook same thing you know you can hit me there i'm in a bunch of bills groups uh i actually run uh the i actually run with a couple of friends of mine the bills mafia international page uh on twitch every now and then you know tfp reekin uh i might broadcast some this week it just depends um yesterday i went in a, i was off yesterday and i would have won 12 games in a row but my internet cut out on game five so i won oh. four in a row then i took an l then i won seven in a row and that brought me all the way up to ranked 980 in the world so okay i'm pretty good but uh, yesterday was a little drag with that one loss, and I was. I mean, I make a lot of people quit. So, like, they, it sounds like a lot of games, but like, when you go in there, and you get you know two pick sixes, and they quit. You're like, all right, that was a game. Right, move on, move on. But hopefully, I see I see people online when I get on there, and uh, definitely look, everybody, check out Ryan and everything he's on at TFP Recon Built in Buffalo. We're trying to do big things. We love our Bills and we love our fan base. So definitely. Just, you know, give a like, give a retweet, 
you know, show some support and we will definitely be happy to have all of you guys with us. Oh, dude, for sure. Absolutely. I am actually three, three followers on Twitter away from 716. Nice. So that's my goal right now. I finally hit 700 and within like the last two weeks, I'm, I'm three away from 716. So if we, if we can cap it at 716, I'll be happy with that. Um, but I definitely don't want to limit all of you that want to interact uh, and follow along. So by all means, do it. We all, we all interact for sure. Um, this is literally, you know, by fans for fans. You know, we're not, we're, we're not doing this out of anything other than the fact that we want to talk football um, and hockey and, and that we love our team. So if you guys want to follow me on Twitter and help me reach that goal of 716 uh, followers on Twitter. You can follow me at Ryan C show underscore B I B. And if you want to support uh, LDG sports and entertainment, which is not only my personal uh, sports and entertainment content creating brand, but also the, our built in Buffalo's very own uh, content creation development uh, farm system, kind of like we have in hockey. Um, we have an official partnership with built in Buffalo. We have a bunch of shows and a bunch of people down there. Uh, that are trying to make it to the big time uh, and are getting a lot of support from Built in Buffalo itself. You can follow that on at LDG on Spotify, on Twitter, or you can just go on Spotify uh, and search for LDG Sports and Entertainment. And you're going to hear everything from just generic football talk to the goaded with, uh, well, I should say, talking football pod. If you want to hear about anything football, that's with Akilo Roberts. If you want to hear more Bills content, we have the goaded Mafia Report. Um, which is released every Friday. Uh, we also have the um, we also have the Bunkcast, which is a non-sports uh, podcast, which releases every weekend. And then I have, of course, my shows, the Rivalry, uh, which is all hockey. Um, I, I do that with my cousin-in-law. I do Armchair GMs, which is football focused with the one and only Justice General. And I have a new show. That one, I promise, will be short. Um, but I have a new show that is replacing um, Big Bet Ballers, which uh, was cut short after a couple of episodes this year. And that is the Rochester Report, which is actually a weekly update on the Sabres prospects in Rochester and beyond. So definitely tune in for all those, give all those sh uh, show support. And if you're watching us again, then you're watching us on the Built in Buffalo YouTube. Do me a favor, right there below. Uh, like, share, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave mean comments if you want to. I'll read them. Uh, I won't care that much, but it'll generate uh, some hits for us. So if you want to leave mean comments, for sure do it. Uh, and if you're listening, then you're listening on the LDG Sports and Entertainment uh, platform here on Spotify. And we thank you for that as well. So signing off here in early December. Uh, it is Ryan and Izzy. We will see you guys next week, hopefully talking about a string of Sabres wins and, Bills. and, a, and a Bills win as well against the, yeah. the Patriots, the start of the sweep. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We will see you next week. Peace out.